Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Jeremy Yancey. Jeremy serves as lead pastor of Timber Creek Church, a multi-site church in East Texas. In addition to pastoring, Jeremy helps bring out the best in leadership teams of churches and businesses by providing leadership development workshops and strategic planning processes designed to create and keep organizational clarity. Today, we'll discuss Jeremy's inaugural new book, Good Intention, Finding Healthy Balance in a Culture of Extremes. So lean in, leaders, and... Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail podcast, where we dig deep. We talk about the art of leadership. We have another amazing leader. He's a pastor. He's an author. He's a blessing. Get ready to take some notes, everybody. It's none other than Pastor Jeremy Yancey. Pastor Jeremy, it's good to have you on the Avail podcast. How are you feeling? Virgil, this is uh, amazing. Love spending time with you and uh, can't wait to kind of jump in with you today. You you are like, well, you are I, I a love it too. And let me just say, and, even in uh, talking, I love, preparing for love getting podcast, to spend time with you. I've already taken some notes already of some cool things you've shared with me. So Avail audience, get ready to hear some great stuff. Before we jump into this leadership conversation, focusing in on your new book, Good In Tension. I'd love for our Avail audience just to get to know you a little bit. Uh, Pastor Jeremy, can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, man. I I have uh, grown up in the local church. Uh, my dad and mom, uh, both pastors, uh, at five years old, they were pastoring a church that uh, most pastors pastor, and that is <laughs> the church where not only are they preaching on Sunday, but they're driving the, the bus on Saturday and doing the mm-hmm. outreach on uh, Thursday night and cleaning the church on Monday morning. And, uh, even at five years old, uh, was, they would catch me in the tiny little auditorium preaching a one point message. I don't even, I, I, you wouldn't want to check the doctrine on it. I'm sure. Uh, but something about how the devil was bad and God was good. I'm sure is what it was, but, uh, growing up in a pastor's home, uh, it wasn't the family business, but I'll tell you the, the authenticity of my parents uh, and the call of God mixed together, not only myself, but my younger brother and my younger sister. Uh, we all three are uh, pastors in different uh, wow. parts of the country. One is a church plant. One's a church revitalization. We're a multi-site church. Um, it's not the family business, but man, it's been, a, it's been a, a, an awesome thrill to uh, do life together and ministry uh, together. Been in Lufkin, Texas. That's deep East Texas is what they call it. It's better if you say deep East Texas when you say <laughs> it, it sounds more authentic. Uh, so we are over in what they call the Pine Curtain. So don't think cactus or longhorns. Uh, think forest country. Uh, you know, think your cars are yellow with pollen uh, when, uh, when the pollen hits. But uh, been here 18 years. Um, became the executive pastor when I was 26, moved from Kansas here to Texas and, uh, been here 18 years, nine is the executive pastor. And then over the last nine years had a healthy transition with my predecessor and, uh, are now the, the lead pastors for nine years. I love that. Uh, Hey, we share, we are pastors, kids. I know, I know it. PKs, man. Yeah. Uh, You you know, Uh, a church with PKs and DKs, Deacons, kids. I, that's that's a scary. That's a scary thing. 
Uh, I'm excited to talk about your book. So, um, by the way, I forgot to ask you, is this your first book? Uh, yeah, this is this is my first book. My wife says it's probably my last book. She read it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, it's my first book. And this has been uh, a labor of love. And uh, yeah, it's been yeah. awesome to go through the process. But man, uh, it is I'm glad to be able to be on this side of it. Uh, talk, talking about uh, kind of what God laid on my heart and how how to flesh it out. Yeah. So the book is Good Intention. I think there's a play on words there. Uh Finding Healthy Balance in a Culture of Extremes. Talk to us about the heart behind this book. Why did you write this book, Good Intention? Well, if, you've, if you have lived for any amount of time uh, outside of a bubble, uh, you know that there are so many instances in everyday life where you could cut the tension with a knife. Mm-hmm. There is uh, tension... Uh, in families, there's tension in business, there's tension in our own hearts. I can look in the mirror and I can say what God says about me, but then I feel what I feel about me and there's tension. Uh, People that should love each other, they can get online and all of a sudden they're yelling at the top of their thumbs on Facebook and they're creating tension. Uh, We live in a extreme tension culture where the tension, the, the tightness of like, finding counterbalance on a tightrope. It's not really a culture that values the balance. We Mm -hmm. value the extremes. Either you are with me or you are absolutely 100% against me. If you don't take on my perspective, then your perspective is wrong. There is no space for grace. And on the other side, there's nowadays very little space for um, like truth Mm -hmm. or or like uh, absolute truth. And mm-hmm. so that tension uh, is where everybody's living. And when you think attention, it, it usually isn't like something that you think is delightful. It, it's not like, yes, I right. get to go into a tense situation. Uh, it's something that because it's not delightful, there's not, not a very much sexy about tension. Um, <laughs> it puts it in the negative column. And so we tend to not be, we tend to not navigate it very well. Yeah, that's good. And, and you know, speaking uh, to leaders that we always speak to, in a, I, think, I think this is a great topic. I think this topic really applies to everybody, right? But I think as leaders, uh, especially, because not only are we responsible for managing the tension in our lives and in our families, but we also have to, if we're going to be good leaders, learn how to how to manage and and teach other people to manage tension so that we can have a good culture in our organization, uh, not to mention those of us who are pastors and leaders in church, uh, managing in, in that, that tension. So uh, obviously this, this came from somewhere, uh, you know, in your heart. Uh, I imagine your years as an executive pastor, there was a lot of tensions to manage in that role. Uh, now with your years as a, as a lead pastor, uh, there's some, there's tensions, uh, to manage. So can, can you talk a little bit about how, how, how you see this impacted or affecting, uh, your role in your leadership? Yeah. You know, you know, the Bible talks about when two or three people are gathered together, um, I think that the Jeremy version would say when two or three people are gathered together, tension will be in their midst. It's not, it's not a matter of tension is not necessarily negative. It just mm-hmm. exists. It's something to navigate. It's not necessarily something to fix. And I think 
the challenge that especially after 2020 and the major extremes that our culture the the massive divide that continues to separate one side of the political aisle to the other mm -hmm. uh, like can we not just find some counter balance can, mm -hmm. i'm not talking about can we compromise but can we simply find space and mm. grace with truth, compassion and conviction mixed together? And, and I want to be intentional and I could play on that word too, mm -hmm. uh, to be intentional. Um, but I, I don't want to be so focused on one side or the other. Um, I want to have room to listen while also speaking. And when you look at the word, really this began to kind of, it kind of started being conceived when I would read scripture like, um, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. You got to be wise as a serpent, but then harmless as a dove. There's, <laughs> there's two major deals. Jesus is the lion. There's power in his, in, his, in his voice, in his roar. And he's a lamb and he's so approachable. And you can... He can reach you and you can reach him and you shouldn't be afraid, but you should fear the Lord. There's, there's healthy tension in him. We live and move and have our, have our being were to be, uh, not so one-sided extreme. And you know, there are people that are so it's gotta be the small church. That's where real Bible study takes place. Right. It's gotta be the big church. That's where they, they really got it organized. It's got to be the church plant. That's who's going to reach people. No, it's got to be the old way we've always done it. That's how we do it. And so we choose sides instead of building alliances, instead of listening, instead of knowing when to speak and when to listen, when to be slow to be to be angry. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We, yeah. we just go to extremes. And, you know, it really topped it off when I was – I was listening to a, a pastor who's one of the greatest leaders I follow, one of the greatest pastors, uh, I believe, in our generation. And he made a statement that I absolutely agree with. He said, greatness is found in the extremes. Hmm. Totally, I totally agree. I uh, cannot, cannot disagree. But I think not everyday life is greatness. Everyday life is everyday life. And I think there are mountaintops and there are valleys and how do we navigate that journey of finding the balance between the the extremes? Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think it's this is a subject that really means something and matters and or should to all of us. I, I love I love hearing your perspective because uh, it is easy to say, well, I'm going to focus on these bigger things, but the reality is that in life, in leadership, you know, in church, in family, there's there's always tensions, not to necessarily fix, but to but to to manage and to handle and to figure out. Um, and and it's not always we don't always get it right the first time. There's there's one of your titles uh, in your book that's in, that's it's entitled "Humbly Confident," which sounds like a tension. There, it sounds like you know, well, if I'm humble, can I be confident? If I'm confident, do I need to be humble? Can you unpack that that phrase, "humbly confident"? You know, absolutely. The, the idea of humility being an earmark of Christianity, uh, humility being uh, really the epicenter of how Jesus showed himself to us. 
the son of God in a manger, mm. uh, the son of God uh, thirsty on a cross, uh, the, the, every ounce of power in his authority and in his, in his hand and in his life, and he washes his disciples' feet. Um, yet he knew what he was about. He knew why he had come. He was unafraid. He was bold, uh, and he was uh, approachable. So he wasn't so bold and so confident that he became arrogant. And and here's you know if I could describe it like this for those that watch the video podcast, if you think about um, humble and confident. There's such a healthy balance between those. I, I can find in, in between those, I can find a, a rhythm of life. I can mm-hmm. be like Jesus between those. But uh, when you go past confident and you go past humility, uh-huh. you actually can get into some extremes. Uh-huh. And so like if this is humility, what does it look like to take humility to an extreme? Well, that would be actually living insecure or living Mm -hmm. in shame there nobody wants to hear what i have to say or i am not worth even listening like i can i can live insecure i can call it humble but it's actually toxic because it's insecurity or i can be confident i can see be so confident that it leans beyond pride and its arrogance Mm -hmm. how often have i heard a great sermon from somebody i admire just to get around them and see maybe an extreme yeah. of arrogance or even extreme of insecurity. I, I have found myself that um, I would lean more into the insecurity piece where someone can say, hey, that was a great message or, man, I appreciate it. You're, you're a great leader and and I need that. And I feel humble to say, oh, man, it's my team. It's this, it's that. But if I'm not careful, I actually go to the extreme and I don't live in confidence. I live beyond humility and I can, I can actually live in insecurity. And, and so finding the, the counterbalance between standing up and being confident or, or maybe even stepping back and just humbling myself, there is tension and it's not one static position. Depending on the person, depending upon the situation, depending upon how much I've been talking or whether God wants me to stand up and speak or he wants me to shut up and sit down, <laughs> I want to find the, the healthy tension that G, the Spirit of God would lead, me, would lead me into. Yes, good. I love that. I love that. I love that comparison and of, that, of that beautiful phrase, humbly confident. Lord, help me live that out. Uh, I'm curious, Pastor Jeremy, as you... Uh, in, specifically in your role as as lead pastor, as the lead leader of the organization, um, can you, w- what are some tensions that you've experienced while being the lead leader? In other words, as you as being the lead leader, you've experienced seeing, seeing or having to bring some balance and manage the tension uh, among the team of people you're leading, the staff team. Uh, w- what are some examples of some tensions that you and that you and that you're, you know, I, I, we would probably assume most lead leaders will have to face as they're leading their teams? Well, you know, I believe uh, <clears throat> language, language matters. Uh, your words create worlds. Um, and when it comes to culture that's more, you know, caught than taught, 
it, it happens in the space between us. And one of the biggest culture barriers, uh, I, I, and I know that you navigate the tension mm-hmm. of uh, English service and yeah. Spanish speaking service. Mm-hmm. Uh, language matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you don't want to accidentally bring the wrong language to the wrong service because that's going to create more tension and chaos. Yeah. Um, so uh, for us in leadership, uh, the language we use uh, creates uh, tension, whether you know it or not. For example, mm-hmm. there's a great value in, a ch- in churches that they would, they would uh, uh, use, and it would be um, honor. We honor. We honor up. We honor down. We honor all around. I think mm-hmm. that's a, a beautiful, beautiful value. But if, if we don't understand the tension of honor, what can happen is we honor to such an extreme where we lose our honesty. If someone demands honor, but I can't ever be honest with them, I'm not really honoring them. And mm-hmm. so when it comes to teams, when it comes to teams, um, honor uh, and the ability to be honest in that honoring creates a healthy tension. Um, We say it like this, candid and kind. I can be candid in my feedback and I also Mm -hmm. want to be kind in my feedback. If I'm so candid and I go to the extreme of being candid, well, then I'm just kind of like, you know, um, I'm critical. Mm -hmm. If If I'm kind and I go to the extreme of being kind, then I'm just flattering and I'm not saying what I need to say. So I give you feedback that's just kind, but I'm never willing to be candid. So in our culture as a staff, we've tried to create actually a, a, a balance, more of a review. We have an acrostic for it. I'm a big acrostic fan. I don't Come know on, why shoot I remember it. <laughs> I'm a goofy nerd. Okay. I'm going to nerd you up today, Virgil. I but, love it. Love it. Uh, there's one culture uh, acrostic that we have for our staff and we call it focused and fat. And, and both are acrostics and I'll just give them to you real fast if people uh-huh. want to blaze blaze with a pencil okay but the first one's focused and fat meaning i'm focused but i'm also fat flexible approachable and teachable i got to be focused but i'm also flexible approachable teachable mm-hmm. and then the rest of the acrostic is focused o c u s e d the o is i'm optimistic in our team we got to be optimistic but we also got to be realistic so let's, let's, let's breathe, eat, sleep, go to the vision, but let's be realistic, optimistic, realistic, uh, the C I'm candid, but I'm also kind, uh, the U I'm urgent. Let's go. Let's go. We got, man, we got, we got places to go. We got a gospel to preach. We got people to reach. I'm eight, I'm, I'm urgent and I'm patient. Mm-hmm. what does this season demand of me? How do I find the balance on the tightrope? And you know what, to be honest with you, I believe balance is an absolute myth. How do you find balance in ministry? Uh, good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Here's what I do think you can find counterbalance where there's a season where I'm leaning in and I got to be urgent, but there's also a season where I got to pull back and I've got to be patient. So Focused and flexible, optimistic and realistic, candid and kind. The next is you, urgent and patient. And then we have, and I'm trying to to do the spelling in my brain off the top of my head. The S is supernatural and strategic. See, there are churches that they say, we just got to pray it through. We we just need the gospel. And I, the the gospel is power. It (laughs) is power. I am unashamed of the gospel. It is the power unto salvation. Uh, but there's a whole lot of people declaring that and 
uh, ain't nobody showing up. Right. Right. Ain't nobody getting saved because I'm, I'm declaring something, but how do I find the strategic piece of declaring that gospel? So supernatural and strategic, strategic, Mm -hmm. look at God. The very first thing we see about God, six days, he creates supernatural Mm -hmm. day seven. He don't got to sleep. He doesn't have to rest. He's God. He's not some 48-year-old overweight jogger in a jumpsuit. Like He, he doesn't have an, a, an inhaler, but, but he strategically rests yeah. to show us, hey, lean on my supernatural yeah, that's good. and be strategic. And, and how, do we find, how do we find the counterbalancing of those two, two things? Last two, empowering. I want to empower people. That's the E. Mm-hmm. But I also got to own it. Sometimes I empower stuff and it's not really empowering people, empowering my staff. It's more dumping on my staff. I got to empower to the point that I, I also own the finished product. I also own it in the process. How much do I need to own the empowering and how much can I go this way? It depends on the leader. It depends on the person. It depends on mm-hmm. the kind of tools that I've given them either to empower them in delegation or also come back every once in a while and, and own the thing until it's done. Finally, the last one, the last one is driven and healthy. We run fast here at Timber Creek. I think a lot of churches, they run fast. Their teams yep, are running yep. fast. I want to run fast and I want to run well. Sometimes running fast doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, I can run fast the first 500 yards of a marathon, <clears throat> but I will not finish well. Right. And so I want to be driven. But I also got to be healthy. We say it like this, know when to rest, know when to run, uh, know when to uh, play and have fun. At Timber Creek, how do we measure those things? And so finding that tension, we'll go through that grid uh, two times a year with our staff. Hey, when it comes to focused and flexible, where would you place your tension right now? Um, Are you more flexible or you're more focused? In this season, what does Timber Creek need? What do you need? Do you need your leader to be more flexible with you? Do you need your leader to be more focused with you? Here's what your leader needs. I need you to be more focused. I need you to be more flexible. And we find that tension. In him we live and move and have our being. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? Avail is excited to announce that for a limited time, you can get a free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal. The Avail Journal was created to equip and empower leaders with everything they need to excel. Read quarterly issues and pick up leadership wisdom from high-impact leaders like Sam Chand, John Maxwell, Tim Tebow, and dozens more. Take the first step in becoming a more effective leader. Sign up for your free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal by visiting availjournal.com. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I want you to to lean in a little further on the tension between running hard and resting. I think. I think it's it's such a challenge because um, clearly we we need to run hard because our vision matters. The mission is important. We're called to it. Um, but I think sometimes what I've seen and what I've heard uh, when you hear people's stories and you hear stories of organizations is sometimes there's a there's a there's an extreme extremes right. Um, Talk to you, us a little bit about, about about this, this running, running and, resting. and resting. Man, think think of the. Think of the mixed bag that we're dealing with here because you have you have churches that have leaders that come from one generation or another. Sometimes it's generational where 
it was a it was a generation that you know what I I, I know we understand words like uh, in the Bible like generational curse depending upon what denomination you may be sure, that sure. may be like a, yeah bless God let's talk about that or it might be like wait wait where, where are we going <laughs> I use the terminology generational hand me down I think I can get handlebars on that a little bit better basically. Uh-huh. Um, I was the oldest of three, but I had a growth hormone deficiency. So my, my brother actually gave, gave me generational hand-me-ups. He was bigger than me, you know, <laughs> growing up. Um, but a generational hand-me-down is something where it's not like it's cursed on me like Harry Potter, but I just like, I put clothes on that, that just fit me a certain way that I, why am I wearing that? Why am I allowing? Sometimes it's generational where our generation just says, you got to work hard. You don't call in, you crawl in. You know, I mean, like, like, and then there's, other generational realities where it's like, Hey, I'm at 39 hours and I don't know that you're asking me to do this. And it's like, <laughs> get the job done, Come on, you know? Yeah. And then you have your, your, your temperament, you have your Enneagram, you got your MBTI or whatever it is. And so there's some people that are just prone to be easier at resting others, easier at running. And I think finding, finding our own makeup uh, we got to figure out what works for each individual. Um, if I were to say to you, Pastor Virgil, I'm doing really good on the Ten Commandments. I'm only, I'm only kind of <laughs> not doing the thou shalt not commit adultery thing. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> thou shalt not commit adultery. Yeah, I'm not doing too good on that one. You'd be like, bro, we got to fix this. Yes. However, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We got to keep it. And we got to remember it because we forget it and we don't keep it. We lose it. And so run, but you yeah. got to honor God with rest and you have to find what works for you. For me, resting is more doing stuff with my hands. Cause I'm doing a lot of thinking with my head for others. It may be doing a lot with their hands running and then resting They're They're reading a book. That's the last thing I want to do on my Sabbath is read a book. To be honest, <laughs> like, like I, 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 I want to like, I'm clean out the garage is actually a beautiful thing for me. I, I feel like I'm able to not produce much or just, you know, take a walk, run, whatever, you know? Um, yeah. to each, there is this balance and to live in that tension, like a, like a professional guitarist can find the tension on the chord that produces the right note. Mm-hmm. It's not about it's not about only staying on one part of the neck of the guitar. We use the whole, we use the whole neck. Um, but when we place tension on those strings, it produces the right harmony and running and resting is placing, placing the fingers to produce the right chords in my, in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my business. I love that. I, I love this. You, you know, one of the things that I love pastor Jeremy is uh, I love, and you said it a few moments ago, giving handles to our leaders in the avail audience, because, um, some of us are, I'm a note taker. Like I'm typing as you're talking because I, I'm taking it in and I can, I can not only receive it for myself, but then I can share it with my team and my people. Um, fr- from your experience, obviously even, even, um, uh, pulling from your book, um, and just, just from your heart as a pastor, can you share with us just a, maybe a couple of practical tips for, for building healthy, into the culture of your team, just some practical tips for, for healthy team, for healthy, um, organization, for, for, for healthy individuals, just some thoughts of, 
things that you've seen, this has worked for me, or I've learned, I've leaned in, this has worked for our team as far as healthy. And that whole idea of healthy can even be elusive, can it? Because Mm -hmm. you actually could be, you could see me today and you would make your estimation on some physical extremity of whether I might be healthy or not. Maybe the color of my skin, maybe my uh, weight or, but unbeknownst to to me and you, I could have a deep cancer and on the outside I look healthy but you cut me a little deeper and, and, and you see cancer. I, I think it was Larry Osborne from North Coast Church that I heard say, a doctor usually doesn't tell you whether you're healthy. A, a doctor can really just kind of tell you whether you're sick or not. And so you say, what brings you in today? He's not, he's not asking you, what are all the healthy things you're dealing with? He's saying, where's it hurt? What's the pain? Mm-hmm. You got sniffles? And, and based on where the pain point is, he, he, he or she then begins to ask other questions and the better the question, the, the clearer the answer. He asks more questions on the pain, asks more questions, then runs the stethoscope over the back, breathe in, slowly breathe out. Let me check your pulse. And what he's done, doing is, is a, he's taken a diagnostic, diagnostic exam on levels. And so when I, when I think of health, I immediately would not look at all the things we're doing right. I would look at when I hit the mallet of the knee of staff culture, what comes out. What, 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 when, I, when I run the stethoscope over my team, I'll give you a perfect example that just happened the other day. We're in a, in a staff meeting and uh, one person speaks over the other person and the other person says, Hey, don't talk over me when I'm finishing my sentence. And the other person pulled back and got quiet for the rest for the rest of the staff meeting for another mm-hmm. 30 minutes. At the end, I had to manage that tension because it created yeah. tension. And so a very practical thing would be, uh, hey, Joey, you you don't we don't do that. Well, then I'm creating more tension. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what the heck am I doing? Uh, so here's how I, I, I address that. Say, hey, guys, a few minutes ago. You, I don't think it was purposeful. You talked over them and then that kind of rubbed you the wrong way. And you said, hey, don't talk over me. And then it got a little quiet and we didn't talk about it. So here's, here's, we're going to talk about this. Hey, let's, let's embrace grace on both sides. Her intention was not to talk over you. And, and you've got to give grace and you've got to be more aware of, I got to be slow to speak. All right. So, hey, everybody good. Are, are we good guys? You, you guys talk it out if there's a little tension. <laughs> I'm trying to produce culture that doesn't let eggshells grow in our boardrooms. Egg, people walk around on eggshells all the, all the time. It's a, it's a lack of trust. We want a high level of trust. And you got to deal with the tension between trust and suspicion that, that creeps its way into all of us. Another practical thing would just be Truly examining culture, keeping that stethoscope on, um, uh, keeping it in front, keeping it in front of the team. This is how we live. So when I said focused and flexible, optimistic and realistic, I'm a huge proponent of language. Like get it, make it clear. Virgil, one of the best pieces of advice I got nine years ago as I became the lead pastor, um, and I think this is huge for any pastor starting out or whether they're in year 20. 
Every pastor is going to have people in their church say this. They're going to say at some point, whether it's a boardroom table, a coffee table, a break room table, a dinner table, their people are going to say, you know, my pastor always says, my pastor always Mm. says. And my mentor said to me nine years ago, Jeremy, be as intentional with what you always say. Wow. Wow. And so I always say, after we do a prayer of salvation at the end of service, I say, in Jesus' name, amen. Very next words, I say, let's give it up, everybody, for those that made a decision to follow Christ today. And we give it up. We want to be intentional in that moment. We're setting culture. I want to always be saying that. We always say we're a church anyone can come to. We always say we're always taking next steps. We always say, and we have crystallized certain verbiage, certain language that we want to always say so that not just in the seat on a Sunday, but in a seat on a Thursday in a boardroom that we can create pocket-sized language that our team, that, that our people out there as the hands and feet of Jesus, that they can say, you know, my pastor always says we live to give our best. And I want this to be our best. I want, I want this team, you know, Coca-Cola. I want this team real estate company to live, to give our best, giving them language that they live on because language can be the biggest culture barrier. And it can be also one of the great culture curators. I love that. Boom. Drop the mic. Pastor Jeremy Yancey, great practical insights for leading well. And, uh, and obviously diving into your book, good in tension, finding healthy balance in a culture of extremes. Uh, I think that our avail audience would be interested in how they can get this book, how they can find out more about you. Uh, where's the best place online where they might be able to find you, uh, and get this book. You know, the, the best place pastor is just our church website, to be honest with you, timbercreekchurch.com. Uh, you can click there and you can follow the prompts for the good intention book. Um, 100% of the, uh, proceeds of this book go right back into Timber Creek Church into our vision. Uh, we, you know, vision and history are two things. We're almost a hundred years old. Sometimes wow. you can have so much vision you forget who you are and where you've been, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But we also we want to lean into tension too and find honoring the past, but I mean boldly going into the future. In our future, we want to be creating community destinations in the rural areas of East Texas where anyone can find and follow Jesus. And so every sale of every book uh, goes right back into the vision of the church uh, to, to uh, either plant or mm-hmm. revive maybe a, a church that needs reviving uh, to become a campus. So uh, that's where you can find timbercreekchurch.com. If you're interested in more leadership stuff like this, uh, I'm part of a group uh, called Ready, Set, Grow. You can find us at rsgleaders.com. Uh, we are passionate about uh, helping uh, leaders create double kingdom impact in their own personal life uh, and in their church, uh, finding that tension between both. Uh, and uh, I personally am the program director of one of our programs there called The Accelerator. And it's a 12-month program uh, that is content every other week uh, that you get with a cohort and with a guide. Uh, and we talk about four core areas, uh, personal growth, organizational clarity, healthy teams, and scalable systems. And uh, we we talk about the tension between those four in the accelerator program. That's where you can check it out again, rsgleaders.com. 
com. I love it. You guys heard that. Check out timbercreekchurch.com for more information on Pastor Jeremy, his church, and his book, Good Intention. And also check out rsgleaders.com for just your leadership growth. It's a great resource. Speaking of leadership and resources, that's what we do here at Avail. Let me just mention the Avail Journal. I'm holding one of the more recent editions of the Avail Journal, which has great content. Uh, those watching the video can see the color and the quality in this. Uh, we love the, all of the pastors, authors, and leaders that contribute. If you're listening or watching to this podcast and you haven't yet subscribed, we want to we want to encourage you to claim your free offer. There's a free uh, offer for Avail where you can get the first couple of editions for free. Go to availjournal.com. It's a free trial subscription. You're going to love it. I'm pretty sure, Pastor Jeremy, you've probably run into an Avail journal along the way. Love the magazine. I've got every single uh, every single edition, <laughs> and I love taking pictures with my phone. I don't know if that's copyrighted or not, but I'll take pictures <laughs> of my phone because I don't always have it with me. If there's a dot, yeah. you know, an article or something, I'll take it and I'll put it in my favorites and put a little note in it. I, I it has been tons. Every leader wants great calories. And, yeah. and a good practice is to consume as much calories as possible. I, I mm-hmm. don't mean, you know, burgers, but like <laughs> we're always pouring out, you know, that driven yeah. and healthy thing we were talking about. Yep. I have found the more calories I can consume, the yeah. easier it is for me to pour myself out. And so avail has been a huge, like up on the calories for me, uh, for spiritual content, pastoral leadership content that kind of, I digest it and it kind of easily pours out. So love, I love, love, that. love avail. Yeah. Hey, before we go to some final thoughts, I want to do a quick, just kind of a speed lightning speed round. You got five seconds or less. To okay. Answer this no. question. All right, here, All we, right, go. here we go. Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy Yancey, Yancey, what makes, what you, makes laugh? you laugh? Uh, Netflix, the show, the office, uh, my wife, uh, and my kids. <laughs> All right. What do you do for fun? I, need to work on that. Uh, I was actually, I training for an Ironman. I know it doesn't, that sounds like hell. It, it actually kind of is. Um, but that's been my fun, but I shredded my ACL a couple months ago. And so I'm not able to work out right now, but I really do. I love going with friends uh, that's good. to the gym and swim, bike, run stuff. That's fun for me. That's good. What worries you or concerns you about the future? Anybody can start well. Hmm. I I, want to finish well. I want to finish well. Um, I heard a pastor who actually recently has been in the news for um, what we all deal with, morality. Mm -hmm. And when I heard him speak, he said, life is short. Whatever you're going to do, do it. And life is long. So stay the course. Yeah. And. It's so true. Life is long. I want to finish well. Yeah. What does on, that look on like? That, <laughs> on that, that note, note Pastor, Pastor Jeremy, Jeremy, what do you want to leave us with? What do you want to leave in the hearts of the avail leaders? Well, man, just in that note, I immediately think of the tension of a shepherd anointed to be a king, a musician who's also a crack shot with the sling a boy, but a giant killer. Um, 
known by God himself as a man after his own heart, but who had issues. And he had to navigate his own issues in his own life. And I love what David says in Psalm, search my heart, O God. Find anything in there, because I'm not a great searcher for my own heart. Search my heart, God. You see my heart. Tell me what you see. I want to see what you see. The tension between eyesight and insight. And I would say, if you're listening to this and you feel like, ugh, you're dealing with the extreme, extreme disappointment, extreme need, extreme hurt, uh, extreme questions, uh, lean in. David had extreme moments of incredible success, high mountains and deep valleys. And yet his number one right thing is he always came back and found his being, found his counterbalance, found the essence of who he was and who he was called to be and what God said about him, not, not what he said about himself. That's a good word. That's a good word. Pastor Jeremy, thank you for taking the time to be on the Avail podcast. I think all of our lives have been enriched uh, to hear from you, to be encouraged by you. And by the way, everybody, you got to get this book. It's his first book. I believe it's the first of more to come. We'll leave that in God's hands. Good intention, finding healthy balance in a culture of extremes. Leaders, not only for yourselves, but maybe for your teams as well. You got to go out and get this book. Pastor Jeremy, this has been awesome. Uh, I want to mention on behalf of the Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilborg, everybody who's behind the scenes, we honor you. We bless you. We're thankful for your life and we're thankful for your leadership. You guys are blazing a trail. Uh, Glad to be part of it. So excited to see what God's going to do with this book. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, everybody. I hope it's helped you, give you some handles in your leadership journey as well. Remember, every week there's a new episode of the Avail podcast right here to learn this art called leadership. On behalf of Avail, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. We are one church, two languages. I'm your host for this awesome leadership podcast every week. God bless everybody, and we'll see you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast with our guest, Jeremy Yancey. You can find out more about Jeremy, his church, and his new book by visiting TimberCreekChurch.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at TheArtOfLeadership.com. And make sure to claim your free trial subscription of the Avail Journal at AvailJournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.